I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angsted, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Media Day starts today. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Media Day's not today. Not well, for the real days team. Media Days start today. The Rockets, okay, okay. the Kings, the Pacers, the Lakers. For, for some teams. Another two, <laughs> the Nets. Those are five. All five of them are today. That's wild. Nick, when was the last time you've been to the dentist? Man, that's a great question. Do you hate the dentist or do you love the dentist? I'm indifferent to the dentist. I hate the dentist right now because I can't go to the dentist. But oh, um, would you ever go to the dentist like with someone as like 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 on a date, like you and your friend, or like on a date or something? (laughs) Would I like take you to the dentist with me and be like, "Hey, bro, let's go to the dentist together"? It wouldn't that just be kind of (laughs) weird? Yes, it would be weird. Yeah, well. Did Porzingis and Luca go to the dentist together? <laughs> that was my Mavs news today. I was going to bring up. <laughs> really? Yeah. We always before the podcast. I always say, "Do we have Mavs news today?" And Isaac's like, "No, there wasn't really anything." And I, I said, "Okay, I have Mavs news." And I didn't tell him what it was. And it was that Luca and Porzingis went to the dentist together. <laughs> what? Okay, we don't know for sure, but I mean, I, I'm assuming it's the same one. Maybe it was like some sponsorship. I'm ho- at first I thought it was a team a dentist outing. sponsorship. I don't know. Wow, Porz- I saw it on Porzingis' Instagram story first. A uh, little, little bit later, I saw Luca post something, and I'm like, <clears throat> "How does that conversation come about?" Do you hey, think? Bro, you they, go, do you think one of them waits this? for the other one, and then they go to the toy bin and they pick the same color like dinosaur or same color lollipop? He's like, "What flavor of the toothpaste did you get for red?" Yours? He's like, "I got red, <laughs> red too, me too. I got blue." <laughs> <laughs> um. Gosh, just the thought of the pick, the pick at the dentist, the worst thing in the world. Oh, I see. I don't care about that. You don't care about the pick? Like, no. it just makes that noise. On, like, I'm cringing. The little thing that like. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm good. My dog's looking at me right now. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Taking you to the dentist. <laughs> anyway, um. Guys, can we just get the season to start? I mean, it's 12 days, counting Friday, counting today. Okay, full confession. I went back In on Twitter. I wish. On Twitter and re-looked at the pictures from a few days ago. <laughs> just, to, just to hype yourself up. <laughs> just to get even more hyped, all right? This is just where I'm at right now. Us get off me. all these players this is these a safe- previews every single time isn't hyping you up enough for the season. This is a safe space. We can admit that we go and look at these, go look at some old highlights from last year. Mm. The next time you're listening to us on a Friday. Yes. On Monday, you're going to get a pod on media day. And this is going to be, I, I just can't wait. The bingo board is coming out. We have the bingo board solidified. We solidified it last night. We're excited about the bingo board, the Mavs media day bingo board. It's uh, it's good. We figured it out last night. All of your suggestions were awesome, and uh, we appreciate that. Also, 
Um, you're getting a pod tomorrow too. Yes, you are. Getting a pod tomorrow. Uh, I think yeah, we're just gonna keep it going uh, for media day. And guys, if you are kind of new to like the whole media day experience, yeah, um, and you live not obviously in Dallas, or we'll, even if you yeah live in Dallas, we'll preview it the day the, the day of. So so Monday morning you'll have a media day preview. We'll tell you what to expect pretty much. Yes, we will have media day covered for you um, all over the place. We'll have the preview for you. Obviously, during media day, uh, if you have access to a computer and stuff, I know maps.com, they normally do these live streams where Jeff uh, or, uh, what was Jeff? Yeah, Coop Jeff. and, and uh, Followell will be interviewing players. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to go Jeff Skin Wade. I'm like, who calls him Jeff? <laughs> Just Jeff. straight up Jeff. He would look at me weird if I called him Jeff. Jeff. And, um, yeah, Ben and Skin are normally on the radio during that. Mm. Um, I'll be live tweeting most of the stuff. I'll be posting pictures, different stuff. I'm sure we'll be tweeting stuff from Lockdown Mavs account. Uh, and then, obviously, right afterwards, we'll be dropping a, a big pod, uh, kind of recapping media day and takeaways and talking points and um for some of you that sit there and say, hey, what are you honestly going to talk too much about Media Day? I mean, we pretty, pretty much know everything. That's what we thought just two years ago. <laughs> and we thought Nerlens was coming in as a starter. Bam, Media Day gets dropped. Nerlens isn't even starting. And that was a bomb. Like, So, like, you never know what can come out of Media Day. Obviously, people are getting hyped. We learn about muscle gain. We learn about yeah, muscle watch. Muscle watch. We have people losing weight. Uh, we have muscle watch and then weight watchers. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's double whammy of that. And yeah, fun quotes. You get to see new players like Boban, DeLon Wright. Uh, it's just a super cool thing to start the season. All these questions that we've been wondering all offseason that Isaac and I have been speculating, I just tweeted this, that Isaac and I have done 175. This is now the 175th podcast we've done since Porzingis was traded. We have speculated for 175 podcasts, and we will do again, as today we are doing the Luka Doncic preview, we will speculate again on what this pairing will look like. Tomorrow we get to actually ask them what they think this pairing will look like, and they get to talk about it firsthand. We get actual firsthand thoughts on from the oh, sorry, on Monday from the play, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself from players, and so that that is why media days is, is, is kind of important because we actually get to ask questions. Um, yeah. Before we get into that, five star iTunes reviews. You guys have been great in sending in questions on our five star iTunes Apple Podcast reviews. This one is from Jordan. He says. Uh, he is a junior at University of Cincinnati. He's well on his way to becoming a chiropractor. Congratulations. I knew I know you grew up in the city of Cincinnati, and I'm wondering if you have some recommendations on places I should visit at some time. Great question. Uh, I have not lived there in a very long time, but I did go back and visit. My sister lives down there now. Um, good places that I went to. There's a place called Goodfellas Pizza. It was really, really good. Good New York-style pizza. Uh, they have a whole bunch of other stuff there. Huge slices, like huge slices, uh, which is perfect. So you you could probably get one and you'd be okay. Uh, I went I went with the two, and the two was excellent. It's just you know, just that level of self uh, hatred when you get through that second piece. The Cincinnati Zoo is all. Isaac, have you ever been in Cincinnati Zoo? I have not. Nope. 
The Cincinnati Zoo is pretty good. It's a pretty good zoo. They have peacocks that walk free around everywhere. So they're like not in a cage. They just walk around. They'll be in the parking lot. They'll be in the unless they changed it recently. They just have peacocks walking around, which is cool. A uh, place I also went to in Cincinnati is called 16 Bit. It's a barcade, which is like an arcade bar. So you can go there, get drinks, and all the games are free except for the pinball, I think. And so you can go there and play some cool games. That was fun. They have NBA uh, Jam there. And uh, d- that place is in Over the Rhine. Pretty much anywhere in Over the Rhine. Do you remember any stories as a kid hearing about Over the Rhine in Cincinnati? I do not. Because when I grew up, my parents would watch the news and every single day it'd be like, someone else was killed in Over the Rhine. Someone else was stabbed in Over the Rhine. Someone was... Oh, and Over the Rhine was like the most dangerous place you could be. You could be. Vine Street was the most dangerous street. People would make jokes about it. Uh, which are terrible jokes now looking back, but we were kids. And uh, now Over the Rhine has become this like metropolis for these hipster you know, places. And it's like the Cincinnati in Over the Rhine kind of feels like a bunch of college kids just decided they didn't want to grow up. <laughs> so they have all these places that you just would want to go to. So uh, Over the Rhine, just walk around. There's a bunch of places. Uh, it's kind of it's, – it's, it's definitely walkable, so you can just walk around and find stuff. So You go walk around this place that people get shot? No, no, no. They changed it. They've built it up so much and essentially gentrified it to the point where, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely safe now and there's cool places there. So hmm. Today's podcast is sponsored by DoorDash. Long day at work, still stuck in the office. If, you're, if it's a Friday and you're still in the office, quit. Quit right now. Just walk out. You can do it. I believe Le- Leave early today. Tell your boss that I said <laughs> no you can because leave then early. on mo- on Monday you're gonna want this equity on Monday when media day starts and you're checking Twitter constantly. So That's true. so hold on to that equity and maybe Monday is the day you do that. But on Monday you could also do this: treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash right now. Our listeners get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app. Enter the promo code Locked On. DoorDash promo code Locked On. All right, Isaac. Man, we're so, we're so close. 12 days, 11 days away from preseason. Actually seeing these guys play. We're doing the player preview for Luka Doncic. Uh, a good portion of our listeners are Slovenian. They will know more about Luka than I probably ever will. <laughs> uh, but Luka Doncic was drafted uh, 2018. He was the number three pick in the draft. He was actually drafted by Atlanta, and the Mavericks traded for him. So <laughs> the draft footage will forever have... Atlanta an Atlanta Hawks hat on. He will have an Atlanta Hawks hat on, which is just hilarious to me. Um, and continuing the tradition of the Mavericks trading for their generational superstars on draft day. It's just a great tradition. It's a tradition unlike any other, Isaac. It is. We just, uh, yeah. I mean, from Dirk to Luka now. Um, but, hey, the Hawks have Trey Young. And let me tell you. Good for them. He got a lot of uh, rookie of the year votes. He got two first place votes. Yeah, two. <laughs> Shout out to Royce Young. <laughs> uh, Luca's backstory. That's kind of Luca's backstory. He's here and uh, he's forever and he's the superstar of the team. His role, he is the main ball handler now. This is Luca's team. This is Luca is going to be bringing the ball up, I believe. Luca is going to be initiating the offense. Luca is the first, the last. He is the alpha, the omega of the Mavericks offense and the Mavericks team. Is it giving too much to him too soon, Isaac? As far as the keys to the offense, the keys to the Corvette? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I I feel like you had to. I mean, I feel like they already did. And um, I was actually shocked that 
uh, Rick did as early as he did. And that was something, you know, coming in, we knew how Rick was with young point guards. And that was one of our biggest questions any last year. Of, <clears throat> yeah. Any point guards. Uh, that was one of the biggest questions last year. We knew Luka Doncic um, excelled in this ball handling role. And we're like, hey, as a rookie, is Rick going to put the ball in his hands uh, like he did Dennis Smith Jr. the year before? But it's just a totally different situation with that. So um, he did. Uh, he did at the beginning of the season. Uh, and he finished the season for sure doing it because, hey, we traded away the four other starters around him. Uh, so it's pretty much uh, the Luca show even more at that point. Actually, um, uh, had this, uh, I pulled this uh, quote from Tim Cato on The Athletic. And I really like this uh, stat. He did a stat piece a while back, and when I was looking into different numbers with stuff, he put this. He put 96.5. Uh, this is Tim Keto of The Athletic. He said, Luka Doncic's touches per game after last season's All-Star break was at 90, 96.5. That is a lot. Uh, number one in the league during that time period. He averaged 79.5 touches per game uh, before the All-Star break. So basically – before you know all the trades happened and all that stuff, uh, which still put him, as Cato said, in <clears throat> the league's top twenty uh, at that time. So it just shows you that after they traded everybody away, it kind of contributed to his numbers and efficiency going down. Because I mean, you look at that, that's what uh, six. That's like seventeen more touches a game. Um, it was literally the Lucas show after the All Star break, and not only did he not have any help after the All Star break because they traded everyone. He also lost his conditioning. I mean, that's the biggest storyline around Luca right now is conditioning heading into the season. But so anyway, going back to your original question, is it too much, <clears throat> too <clears throat> too early for him to take the keys to the whole offense? I don't think so. I almost think you have to at this point uh, because this is the young superstar he is, and that's where he excels the most with the ball in his hands. Absolutely. This is not a quarterback. This is not where you can destroy a quarterback's confidence in the first couple of years if he gets hit too much. This is a basketball player. This is Luka, and he excelled. He was very close to being an all-star in his rookie year, which is very, very unheard of in the NBA. Um, the biggest question going into this season for Luka is yes. is can My question was, can he run the offense full-time and stay fresh? Those touches that you mentioned, those touches are going to be – they're a little different for Luca because now he's the full. T- I think he's he's essentially the point guard on offense, and he's going to be bringing the ball up. That's one touch every single time is a touch. The front court touches are a little bit more of an indicator of how much of the offense you're actually contributing to. Because if you're bringing the ball up yourself, then that's one that counts as one touch. You're getting a touch every single possession, and so that's going to inflate that number a little bit. Too. <coughs> uh, but the full, but the off. Like we saw Luca's efficiency go down and we saw that Luca towards the end of the season got worn down. He was great at the end of games. I mean, that Denver game was at the end of the season and he was dunking in, in crunch time. I mean, he's, he's still getting things he dunked on the entire city of Denver in crunch time, but can we get him to stay running the offense full time the entire season? Whenever he's on the floor, Carlisle also has mentioned that he wants to up his minutes a couple minutes per game from like 31 to 33. And can we also get him to stay fresh too? while he's doing it because that's that's the big key for him yeah i mean you look at any preview of luca right now from a national scale down to a local scale everyone's talking about his conditioning his weight his body hashtag lean luca 
Um, this was the first off season, you know, pretty much in a couple years now that he's had, you know, off as much as you want to say after he got drafted, Dallas said, Hey, you know, this, the whole timeline last year of Luca being quote out of shape, you know, at the beginning of last year, it was expected. It was, I mean, something that they allowed to happen because he just came off this MVP type season or MVP type. He was the MVP uh, in, you know, over in Europe and he wins the title over there. He gets drafted. Dallas says, sets him out of the summer league and says, says, Hey, go take a break. You need to go take a break. And him going to take a break. I'll, he obviously didn't condition all that stuff. They knew he was going to come into camp like he did. They knew he was going to start the season like he did. So he goes through his whole rookie season. So now this is his first NBA offseason to where a lot of rookies get drafted coming out of, I mean, how many rookies don't even play March Madness? You know, their season's just done, and they're just, like, preparing, working out, get drafted, the summer league, didn't, working out. Didn't Trey Young get, like, knocked out in the first round or something like that? <clears throat> yeah. Like, I mean, super early. I can't remember first round yeah, yeah. or whatever, but super yeah, he, early. So, completely different for Luka. This is first NBA offseason, first time that he could, uh, you know, obviously do his relaxed part, but work on his body, too. And this is what everybody's wanting to see. I mean – I guarantee you this is one of the top 10 storylines for a majority of even national people around the league of how much better shape will Luka come into camp. That's what everybody's talking about. So, And it's not just the beginning. It's the, the shape stuff and the conditioning stuff. It's how he's going to finish the season. That's the thing because Luka was incredible at the beginning of last season, even when he was out of shape. If he comes into shape this season, it's going to pay the dividends towards the end of next season or this coming season. That's where we'll see the biggest difference. We hope, and we hope that he can he can continue to you know run the offense fully and maybe play himself into shape in a way, um, play himself into to real good like playoff level shape, and it also not hurt the team to the point where they're not going to be in the playoff race anymore because that is that's the goal for this year is to make the playoffs. Some some people say their goal should be to be 500, but let's, you know, let's shoot for the stars. Let's go. They'll probably say that on media day. Uh, I think one of our bingo squares that someone will guarantee the playoffs, that the Mavericks will make the playoffs. Luca has kind of already done that. Um, but he hasn't done it with uh with the US reporters, I think. I think he did that. He did that somewhere else, and right? Yeah, yeah, he did on some type of interview, I think overseas on one of his trips or something. But we'll see if he does that here. So, uh all right, coming up, let's discuss Luca's Let's talk about his best case scenario, his worst case scenario. But I also have a couple more big questions going into the season. I was say I want to give you my big question. Yeah. All right, Isaac, um, give me your big biggest question for Luca heading into the season. All right, I joked before we started recording this, and I said, "Man, we're about to really hype up Luca a lot." And not as I much mean, as we did Brunson, guarantee it. That's probably true. Yes. <laughs> my biggest question. Obviously, last year as a rookie at 19 years old, Luca averaged 21 points, six assists, seven and a half boards for the most part. Youngest player ever to do it. Youngest player ever. Literally, arguably the best teenage rookie season of all time. Shot 32% from three. Last year, as a, for an NBA as a whole, only LeBron did that with Luca. Those exact numbers, at least 21 points, seven boards, six assists, 32% from three. Um, you lower the assist down to five. It was only LeBron and Blake Griffin and Luca. ESPN did that. I'm not going to go down this whole thing. I'll just give it per- for perspective. Thank you. ESPN did their whole 
rankings, one through a hundred, all this stuff. They listed Luka Doncic at sixteen as the sixteenth best player in the NBA. We were saying last season, like halfway through the season, that he was already a top twenty-five player, and like I remember us arguing that, uh, like pushing that on a podcast and like counting some player. I'm like, man, he's already like we think he's top twenty-five. You know, some people are like, okay, y'all are just bias, all this stuff. My biggest question is, if we think Luca can push for an all-star this year or he, he should be an all-star if we think Dallas can be a potential playoff team if we think Luca we saw a stat line at 19 years old we think the stats are going to increase in different areas my big question is can Luca establish himself as a top 10 player in the NBA this year and that's my big question because I think he has even people locally and nationally throw out the potential MVP. He's an eventual MVP candidate. And yes, you, you ask yourself, like, well, when does that happen? Like, when could that happen? Do I think Luca is MVP this year? I don't, I don't think it's this year. I think it can be happening in, in the future. But it's kind of like, well, when is that? When is the future? Is the future now? Like, when is... And so for him to take that step forward... So just for perspective of this... <clears throat> looking at the top 10, like ESPN's top 10 players. And I'm just using ESPN's because yeah, it's just easier to do this right now. I think the top six players of the NBA, those are not changing for the most part. You're looking at Steph, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis, Harden. Um, yeah, those guys. But Durant. here's my, th- yeah, Durant when he's healthy. Here's my thing. Here is, Here's players 7 through 10, according to ESPN. Jokic, Embiid, Damian Lillard, Paul George. Can Luka Doncic improve so much to where he puts himself in that category? To where it's not even it's not even a question of a Ben Simmons, which that, that isn't even a question for me. But can he put himself on that level? That's my biggest question because I think it's coming. I think it will happen at some point, but my biggest question is will it happen this year? That's what that's why it's my big question. And if that's the big question, if that actually happens, let's let's run this into the best case scenario. Best case scenario, he proves that. That changes a lot of things for the Mavericks. The Mavericks all of a sudden now have expectations. If he comes out of the gate mm-hmm. and he's just I mean, he, to use Dennis Smith Jr. phrase, he's slanging. Like he's out there doing stuff. And playing, <laughs> and playing, you know, MV, maybe like MVP level where you're just saying like, man, he might get some votes. Like he might actually get MVP votes. He's definitely going to be an all-star. He could be all NBA. Then all of a sudden the Mavericks are expected to make the playoffs if they're, if he's playing like that. Uh, can he play at that level and the Mavericks not win games? Is that possible? Oh. Are those two things connected? <clears throat> Are they connected? I want to say no. Because you list, you list those players, and those players play at their level. And, like, Paul George, his team made the playoffs, but they're okay. Joel Embiid, definitely. Lillard, definitely. He took his team to a different level. Jokic, for sure. So, if you're at that level, your team's just going to be good. It's hard to be really, really, really good like that and for your team to not be in the playoffs. I mean, Anthony Davis yeah, because, is probably the last one. Because he almost has <clears> – <throat> and when you look at some of those guys – and you look, he's almost kind of a, con- like, I know we're just throwing big names out like this, and but it's like a combination of like a Jokic and a Lillard. But like he has the scoring type of flair of like a Lillard. And the flow. But like, but like how Jokic 
makes everyone around him better. And it's not like a shot at Dame, but like Jokic does have high assist numbers. Like he does get his teammates involved. Luca does make his teammates better. He, he finds him. He's a really good passer. He has vision like crazy. It's insane. So it's kind of like a combo of those two. So yeah, I want to say if he does like go to that level, then I think it's inevitable that the team rises with him. Of course. I go back to like a stat. You know me. I'm. I've been looking at different players that he could compare to, for best case scenario. And I was. I was like looking at different players across the league at like their stat lines, different things. And it's just really hard because Luke is just so unique that he handles the ball. He has the assist numbers. He has the the you know rebound numbers. I mean, he averaged seven point eight rebounds last year. That's a lot of rebounds for him. That's more than I thought he would. And seven assists per game after the Porzingis trade. Yes, seven assists per game after that. I think after the All-Star break, he averaged 23 points a game. He averaged 21 for the season. Um, you just, for his size at 6'8", uh, the boards, the assists, all this stuff. Like, how? who is somebody that compares to that? And I know people threw out, threw out LeBron stuff before, but it's the LeBron type of stat lines. So I went back and looked at LeBron's rookie to sophomore season and looked at that jump. Yep. And honestly, I look at LeBron's sophomore season. I just did a video on this. Really on LeBron sophomore. I just season? finished a video on on uh, players. I think that can increase from that eighteen to twenty two points per game range to that twenty seven. So like Embiid and Paul George, not last year but the year before, they were in that twenty to twenty two point per game range, like ranked fifteenth in the NBA. And then all of a sudden they made this huge leap the next year. Paul George was second in scoring in the NBA. He scored twenty eight points a game. Embiid was twenty seven points per game. Like they just made this big jump from just really really good scores to elite scorers. And LeBron did that in his second year. He went, you can read the stats. He went 20, 20 points per game his first year to 27 in the next year. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. He, he was at 20.9 points his rookie season, LeBron, at age 19. At age 20, his second season in the league, he be, it was his first all-star appearance in 04-05. He jumped from 20 points to 27 points. He had 7.2 assists a game, 7.5 and, seven and rebounds a game. It's the classic LeBron line of 27-7-7. A reachable number for Luka. I it mean, is. he was basically already there for, for assists and rebounds. I laid it out Get, in the video, too, because I put Luka as one of those players that can make that jump this year. Getting up to the 27 points, even going down to the three-point percentage. Yeah. Luka's three-point percentage dipped after the All-Star break. We talked about his touches a game, the conditioning, all the stuff that played into that. Um, bad shots, I think it's something we got. he's got to get better at. I want, We'll talk before this podcast is, uh, ends of things he has to get better at. But like his, uh, LeBron's three-point percentage, his rookie season, he shot 29%. Not as, you know, I mean, that's worse than Luka's, obviously, at 32 but his sophomore season, he wasn't shot. taking seven a game though. I mean, he he was not taking as many. He was that's true. That's true. Not a shooter when he came in the league. But LeBron upped at the thirty five percent a game. You know, uh, I'm a game. Yeah, thirty five percent from three point range. That's can Luca take it from thirty two to thirty five? It's when I look at LeBron. I mean, obviously LeBron played forty two minutes a game yeah, his sophomore season. That's insane. And Luca's not going to play that. No, yeah, people just don't do that anymore. But can. Can Luca get to the LeBron sophomore season stat line of 27, 7, 7, 35% uh, from three, 47% from the field? I think he can. And I think that's something that best case scenario, sophomore season LeBron stats for Luca this year. 
for me, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, James Harden scored 36 points a game, and he only shot like 36% from the three-point line. <laughs> like it's, oh. it's definitely possible to do. Uh, he has to take a couple steps forward in, in certain places. Uh, and I think that a low-key reason he could do this, and I put this in the – I'm ruining the whole video, but Embiid and Paul George made this leap next to, stu- next to superstar players. Joel Embiid, when, when Jimmy Butler was introduced into the equation, all of a sudden he went from a good scorer to a great scorer. Paul George, with Russell Westbrook, the first year they are kind of trying to figure it out. He was averaging like 21 points a game. The next year he was emboldened, and he became a 28-point-per-game scorer next to Russ. And I think introducing Chris Porzingis into the mix can take some of the pressure off Luka. A lot of the efficiency stuff is, you know, Luka having then your shot selection thing you were talking about, and this is part of the worst-case scenario, is he had to take shots that he wouldn't normally take. But because he's the only one out there, he's out there with, you know, Dwight Powell, <laughs> like uh, Justin Jackson, not really getting his own shot. Uh, you know, a, bu- a bunch of guys out there that just aren't getting their own shot, and Luka was the only one. With Porzingis out there, now there's some extra gravity there. And especially as a seven foot three three point shooter, that's some gravity. And because you have to stay right up on him, because we saw his how he can get some lift and some rise on his shot, and you have to be right there because he's just going to get his three point shot off over anybody. That's some gravity that could help Luca get some extra one on ones instead of double teams all the time, and get some extra you know runs to the free throw line where somebody is late trying to come over and help, and they foul him. Like that's what it can really help Luca in, and that's how he can take this this step forward. And I put Porzingis in my video too. I I think Porzingis can go from the twenty two point seven points a game he averaged with the Knicks to that twenty seven points per game. He only shot. I'm gonna pull it up. He shot like four point eight threes per game. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that is up. insane. If you think about that, if you think about how many. Uh, how many three-point shots like Harden was taking like 12 a game last year <laughs> it's three times the amount of, of uh, three-point shots these are the players that I listed that took more three-point attempts per game than Porzingis his last year Lonzo like Lonzo Ball Marcus oh. Morris with the Celtics like not even really a starter most of the time Contavious Caldwell Pope was taking more than Porzingis Torian oh. Prince Jordan Clarkson and Chetty Osman like those guys should not be taking more three point shots than Porzingis, and that's definitely yeah. going to go. He's he's probably going to go with like seven or eight this year, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and I love that you brought up the point of how Porzingis can help Luca with some of these talents because I think some sometimes the a misconception is, all right, well, well Porzingis is coming in, so therefore he's going to take shots from Luca. He's going to take points, like he's going to no, take stats. He's going to sh- take shots from Harrison Barnes and Wes Matthews. Yeah, he, he's going to help Luca. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, that stuff matters when you're bringing in a third and fourth star. Yeah. If it's two stars, you can get all your numbers and shots and all that stuff. Paul so George it, and Russell Westbrook each took 20 shots a game last year. <laughs> <laughs> then you factor in Tim Hardaway taking like 16 <laughs> no, shots. No, please no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay, yeah, we did all best case scenario, Luca. I think yes, best case scenario. Yeah, anyway, let's keep going. It's a Friday pod. Okay, worst case scenario. Regression, some kind of regression, where the the signs of him kind of wearing down, and the sign the signs from him, you know, trying to lead an offense and carry an offensive load for the entire game for the entire season wears on him to the point where his efficiency kind of stays where it was during the second half of last year, where we're like, oh man, he's just he's just not 
hitting that right. He's not getting his shots off. His, you know, we can just see the lift in his shot isn't there, and it's just every night is just kind of a slog trying to trying to play through this season. That is that seems very unlikely to me, <laughs> because now he's part of an NBA team, and I hope that he keeps his conditioning up. And uh, he's in that he was in that weird transition between between clubs where like at what point does he become under the Mavs? umbrella of we're going to help you with your conditioning to you're just kind of on your own to do your own thing it's kind of a yeah. weird thing and now he's not now he's part of i'm sure he's given an off-season plan and all that kind of stuff so that kind of any kind of any other kind of regression you can think of that luca could have from like the, that's worst case scenarios if it gets worse from last year yeah it's just it's super hard to find a, a worst case scenario for luca because um Gosh, like, I don't think his points get worse. I mean, I don't think you're going to see a dip in his points. He's going to have to score no matter how good, you know, like, no matter how good the team is, he's going to have opportunity to score. Um, You obviously want the three-point shot. I mean, there's plenty of things he needs to get better at. The three-point shot needs to get better as far as, like, percentage-wise. Obviously, it dipped towards the end of the season, and that has a lot to do with shot selection. Uh, We love the step-back three is super fun. Okay, it yeah. is really fun. It's like the second most in the league last year, and Harden was like an insanely high number. But sometimes, you know, there were sometimes he was taking step backs, and it felt like it was step back one footers. And you know, for everyone that hit, there was you know a couple of them that would you know hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> so, you know, it, statistically, for every one that hit, there was four that did not hit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you know, it, three and it's. And a half. He kind of, I think he, you know, he obviously had a longer leash in that season. They, yeah. you know, they didn't win very many games. It's kind of like Dennis the year before, not as bad as that, but shot selection huge for him. He's got to up his free throw percentage. He only shot seventy one percent from free throw last year. He's got to up that, and um, he's too, I, in my opinion, he's too good of a shooter uh, to only shoot seventy one percent. I'd love for him to get up to that eighty eighty percent mark oh. from the. I can't wait. I can't wait because everyone, as soon as Luca misses a couple free throws, like, well, how is Luca missing free throws? <laughs> Always the big argument and the com- big complaint. But because, hey, if, if the if the rule changes and he only has to hit one free throw, that could be disadvantage. Oh, stop! Get out of here. <laughs> uh, because last year, you know, he sh- he he averaged six, you know, six free throws a game. Uh, that's a that's a, that's a lot. Little, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a decent little mark for him. Six point so. seven too. I mean, that's getting up there. Yeah, I mean, if you can get at least seven, you know, free throws a game and shooting eighty percent from free throw line, like let's try to you know hit at least that for Luca. He's gonna drive. He's gonna get knocked down. Uh, he knows how to sell the call. Um, he knows all that. He knows how to draw the contact. Um, a, a small thing is just the over dribbling part. Uh, I think he needs to get get better at that. There's there are mm. different possessions that he had last year to where it's just kind of like he got a little tunnel vision. He had blinders on like a horse, and uh, he just was dribbling all over the place. But I will I'll take up for him at the same time too. Sometimes he just didn't have enough help out there. I mean, especially after the All Star break, you're looking at Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell as as the best players on the floor with him uh, because you know Harrison, yeah. you know West, everybody got traded so. Um, and that's the diff. That's the difference because a lot of people say, "Well, it's the same players that he was playing with last year." They re-signed all these guys. There's a difference between uh, Dwight Powell and, and Jalen Brunson being the best players on the floor with you. Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson being the third and fourth and fifth best players on the floor with you. Bringing in Seth Curry, that's an op- that's an option that they did not have last year. Forty five percent from three, guys. I mean, that's huge. That's a, that's a shooter that changes the calculus for a lot of things that you do. Um. Delon Wright also being added to the fold where he can do some playmaking and do some things like that's just that's another guy you're, you're adding to this situation that can you know that 
that changes the the players around Luca. That's a weird way to put that. No, no, you said exactly. I mean, and then my last thing was just turnovers, and it's, yeah, this just good. comes. This just comes with a 19-year-old a, a rookie last year, and he had three-and-a-half turnovers a game. Uh, just looking how he started off last year uh, in his rookie season. He had four lot. turnovers, <laughs> six turnovers, three, 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 five, six, uh, four, five. I mean, the – the five to six turnovers a game for Luca need to you know get that number down for sure. Uh, it's it's those type of things that I think he'll fine tune with that second season in the league, better shape. Um, he's in the system full off season in Dallas uh, with the system and all that stuff. Uh, but I mean, these are like he's already in the like fine tuning. Yeah, stage that's exactly where, what I was like, about to say. In the rookie season, and that's just that's crazy for a sophomore. And I don't like the talk of that people like to throw around that Luca's already hit his ceiling. Oh, I don't like that at all. Um, he's all just because a player is really good early on in his career doesn't mean that he's already at his ceiling. I that's think the dumb. I think that's a little bit of a straw man argument. I have not seen many people, credible people, actually say that. Okay, good. You mean Twitter's not credible? <laughs> I have um, not seen anyone outside of a small green man that calls himself an expert that would say that. <laughs> self-proclaimed small green man, sorry. Self-proclaimed. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of this stuff hinges down to, let, let's see what shape, what kind of shape Luke is in. And just going to the second season of the NBA, and that's going to be the big talker media day, and um, Lucas should have a massive season ahead for him. We're excited, as you as you can tell. Um, yeah, the turnovers. I was just looking at some of his numbers. He had a couple games where he had nine and seven turnovers a game. Like that's just not going to happen as much anymore because it can't because the the team is going to try to win. He's not going to be able to try and do as do as much as he did <laughs> and have as as long of a leash. I don't think. Uh, I think that kind of has to that has to cut down those games where he just is wild with the ball. It doesn't really care, and you know. That's where that's the part of the fine tuning that you were mentioning. So, all right, man, we're excited. We'll be back tomorrow. Break down, breaking down the bigs, um, breaking down the uh, the bench bigs. Dwight, Maxi, Bobon, Bobon. We're Boban. so excited. We're excited for those guys. Um, so yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. This is not the end. We'll continue to go until we decide not to go. So we're going every day. So, you ready to go every day? Oh yeah, let's do it every day until uh, yeah, every day through media media day training camp next week. Uh, yeah, every day until preseason game number one. Let's do it. That's what we're all about, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.